This is the weekly podcast for Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 8th, 2009. Located in Middletown, Delaware, we are dedicated to connecting people to Jesus and the life that he offers. For more information about Connection Community Church and our ministries, please contact us at www.connectioncc.org. If you seek a relationship with Jesus or would like prayer, please call our church offices at 302 308-7692. On behalf of the entire Connection family, we thank you for listening and pray that you are blessed by God's message. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, Family Matters, the old (laughs) TGIF lineup. Yeah, there we go. Some of our greatest challenges in life are the result of Family Matters. Can I hear an amen on that? All right, we're off to a good start here. And yet, and yet we're willing to hang in and do what needs to be done, even when the family matters seem sometimes even overwhelming. And why do we do that? Because family matters. Yeah, I'm Alan Jones. And I'm Carrie Jones. And uh, we're two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy God, what a glorious day you've placed before us. I pray we'll use it for your glory. Thank you for allowing us to be here today together, worshiping, praising you, and singing your praises. Uh, Thank you for this time where we'll share in your word. Please open our spirits to yours that we might once again realize new life in Christ. It's in him and in your Holy Spirit we pray in all connection, church said, amen. Okay, so what comes to mind when we say the phrase or two words, extended family? Don't, Don't say anything. (laughs) Extended family. Just let that mull around for a second or two in your brain. Extended family. Well, that was the question that was um, the source of a poll that was taken across the country in preparation for the book, Loving Your Relatives Even When You Don't See Eye to Eye. (laughs) Wow. So they received a huge range of emotional responses. Almost no one was neutral about this question. Okay. So compiling all those, 57% of those responding said that the best aspect or aspects of extended family family was either support and encouragement or getting together and having fun. Well, yeah, 57%. On On the flip side, 56% or about the same percentage, and again, that's over half in each of these cases, 56% said the major tensions of the extended family were either boundary issues and power struggles and in-laws or differences in faith and values and beliefs or communication conflict. That was uh, all those put together was over half of the responses that said that's how they were challenged by their extended family. Well, perhaps some of this hits home with you. It's really weird, like, watching my kids and my sons-in-laws, like, stare at us right now where we're giving this sermon. <laughs> okay, so, you know, it's challenging to work on relationships within our nuclear family and trying to keep them healthy, let alone extending that and trying to keep our extended family healthy. Now, my family of origin We're spread all over the place. I'm one of five kids. I'm here. 
my sister Laura's in New Jersey, my brother Skip is in North Carolina, my brother Jeff is in Rhode Island, my brother David is in Florida. I'm so thankful that my mom and dad are close by because we are all spread out. Yeah. And on the one hand, uh, uh, one hand uh, the cultural change is tough on the nuclear family. You know, it used to be that our families lived close by. I mean, like when my mother grew up on the farm, all the aunts and the uncles and grandpa, they were all close by, if not on the same property. But, but these days with cultural changes, that's not necessarily the case, and there's challenges with that. As sociologist Margaret Mead says, nobody has ever before Ask the nuclear family, you know, that's mom, dad, kids, you know, the, the, the nuclear family, to live all by itself in a box the way we do, with no relatives, no support. We've put it in, in her words, an impossible situation. Not only does this situation make it tough on nuclear family from a support angle, but just trying to keep up with everyone spread across the country or even across the world is really, really hard to keep that communication going. And the challenge is absolutely magnified when there are issues in the family, when there's misunderstanding, when there's conflict, when the communication is... All messed up. Not that we ever have any of that. No, never. But we've heard about it, and we want to share that with you today. Yeah, right. Sure. Lightning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what are we to do? What are we to do? Well, (laughs) we're in church. Where do you think we might look for an answer? (laughs) Scripture. Hello. There's a verse in Ephesians, and actually, we've looked at this before. It wasn't that long ago, but it. It really, if we allow it to, can speak to us in this situation as well. Here's, here's what Paul shared with that church at Ephesus in his letter. This is from the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, verses 1 through, um, I believe it's 4. Children, parents love this part. <laughs> Children, <laughs> obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. Boy, that's a special word. Honor. Honor your, your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, here's the flip side. Fathers, and this doesn't exclude mothers. You're in there too. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Okay, so we're taking a look at this passage in a little bit different, <coughs> different way than we did a while back. This passage speaks to us um, differently when we look at it in this light. First of all, even when we as adults have parents who are also adults, we're called to honor them. We're called to honor our parents in the Lord. Now, That doesn't mean that everything's always okay, and that doesn't mean that there are reasons why we should all be in the same room together all the time. We know that there are situations where it's just not good. But even then, there are still ways that we can honor our parents, even though we no longer, you know, are the kids 
in the home. Mm. And on the flip side, fathers and mothers are not to exasperate their children. Now, the last time we talked about this, it was dealing with kids. I mean, kids in your house, you know, youngsters, children, or youth. But, you know, just as we can exasperate those, the kids when they're young, when they're in, still in our uh, nuclear family there, we can just as easily exasperate them when they are all grown up adults living on their own, kids of their own. Yeah. And sometimes it, we might even exasperate them more. It might be easier to exasperate them since we often still treat them as though they were kids even when they're all growed up. So the first thing that we need to do is try to establish mutual respect for one another, honoring one another, seeing each other with the eyes that God, how God sees them, mutual respect. And the other key is that we find in the words of the scripture, it says, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up. And so our goal as parents is to what? Bring them up. That doesn't mean bring them up and keep them, you know, in our own little house or still try to manage their lives. It means to bring them up and allow them to be all grown up. It means we're not only to train and instruct when they're little, but to help them become mature, healthy adults And allow them to be that. Not dependent, but independent. You know, in doing that, there's like expectations that as children, you know, I have of my kids and they might have of me as a parent. But when everybody becomes an adult, we have to have realistic expectations, Because there are many times that we still treat our kids like they're kids and not like they're all grown up. And we have unrealistic expectations of them. Yep, that's one of the real challenges is to have realistic expectations. And one of the challenges of that is that we're from different generations. And whether we like it or not, being they're called different generations because they see things differently. Sometimes we see it there because we're reacting to the previous generation or we're the outcome of that previous generation or whatever, but, but we see things differently. We'll do a little survey of our own today. We're going to look at some, how, how the generations are spread out through this congregation. We're going to start with the GI or the WW2 generation. That would be, and again, these dates are kind of a little nebulous. Within a couple of years sometimes, you know, you'd see one thing, it says this date, another. You know what generation you're from, though. The, the, uh, the GI or World War II generation, 1901 through approximately 1924. We got anybody here from that era? Yeah, we, yeah I think first uh, sir, we had like one, one. person. I would, like my mom and dad would have been from that era. And, and so the people in that era are, gosh, 80. Gosh, that would make them, what, 85 and older. So that would be older there. How about the silent generation? This would be like approximately 1925 through 42. These are people who grew up during the Depression. Yeah? Yeah, we have a few of those in here. Well, there's this next one, there's a reason why it has this name, because you're going to see a boom in the number of hands that go up here. The baby boomers, 43 through 60, through the Beatles, 64. Yeah, there we go. It was just booming, wasn't it? Yeah, all those GIs coming home and everything. Okay, how about the, um, how about the, 
uh, Gen X. That'd be like 65 through 81, somewhere in there. Yeah, a lot of those. It's a lot. And then I, lo- I love the names they give this next one. They got Gen Y or the Millennials or the Echo Boomers. I hadn't heard that before until we did a little research for this. Echo Boomers, 82 through like 2001. And I don't know if yeah. they even have a name wow. for the one since 2001. I don't know, know what that name yeah. is. Yeah. Right. So you can see, and just think, each of those groups that just had their hands up see the world a little, I mean, we all see the world a little differently, but these groups have kind of some characteristics, and each one sees it differently. So you can see what challenges might come up. <clears throat> no matter which generation you're part of, your goals, your dreams, your expectations are different than, than the generation before you and the generation that follows you. That, that's just the way it is. In other words, you're going to see things and do things differently than your parents did and different than your kids, your grown-up kids, are going to do. And so the question is, even though we might see the world differently, see how to do things differently... How can we respect one another's views? Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the greatest challenges at times is for parents to acknowledge that their adult children are not kids any longer. Now, they're still their children, but they ain't kids any longer. They are, believe it or not, adults. Faint and fall out, right? Can't believe it. Maybe Millie's story from this book, Loving Your Relatives, even when you don't see eye to eye. Maybe her story will ring a bell with a couple of you, either on one side or the other of this. Here's what she says. She says, within two minutes, she has reduced me to a 10-year-old. I should feel very grown up. I'm over 50, and I have married children myself. But when I'm around my mom, I instantly become the child. She relates this conversation with her mother. Millie tells us of conversations she had with her mom. Here's how it goes. Millie, her mother said, I just don't know what will ever happen to your brother, her mom said. And Millie responded, Mom, he's 56 years old. He's already happened. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) So as parents whether our kids are 2 or 32. We're still going to be concerned. We're still going to love as intensely. We're concerned with the well-being of our kids and their kids. But at the same time, we've got to realize that they're grown up and let them go. And sometimes we just have to be quiet. (laughs) When things, when we see things, I'm trying. Come on. I didn't mean you. Okay. I just meant generally. Maybe I'm Oh, I never convicted. mean you, honey. Come on now. That's all of us. You know, when we see things kind of a little bit different way from our parents or from our kids, we just have to do this and not say anything. And not oh, do we have this say on film? anything. <laughs> because our tendency Mm. is to try to meddle and get in their business or have allow our parents to get in our business and it's nobody's business but our own you know the funny thing is we have all this brilliant wisdom because of the mistakes we made right (laughs) and make and continue to make 
A lot of times, the only way they're going to get that wisdom, it's not because we're going to brilliantly share ours with them, because they're going to have to make some mistakes themselves. You know, here's the, here, here you go. The areas that are challenging cover a lot of ground. You know, we have all have opinions on issues and things, but some of the key ones, you know, are how they spend their money differently than I would, or how they're raising those kids. Or, 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 or how they're living out their faith, if they're even living it out, especially today when there's so many variations on what that might look like. Well, another thing is if we live close by, we live in the same town or not too far away, how often do we get together? How often do we hang out? Yeah, all our kids are going, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You know... Mm. Here's the truth. I really don't know what our adult kids who live in other houses, I don't know what they do all the time. I don't know their schedules. And that's a good thing because I don't need to know their schedules except when I have to pick up their kids. (laughs) Not have to. That's a want to. That's a want to. Are we giving our kids space? That's important. Are they giving us space? That's important. Do we have unrealistic expectations on both sides? The truth is, on both sides, we probably do of one another. What expectations are unrealistic? What expectations are realistic? One survey responded in this book that we've been sharing. One survey responded, said that, this is great, the greatest aspect of her extended family is that We all live in the same town. And when she was asked the greatest stress of her extended family, can you guess what she said? We all live (laughs) in the same town. Amen. (laughs) Okay, so what about when your parents live far away? You know, if if it's a several-hour drive or you even have to hop on a plane to get there, how often do you see them? How do you work that out? How often do... They see you and come see you. Um, are you being fair about what that looks like in your family? Mm. Or, or, or how about like what happened to us? The kids move away, and they came from the same town, so the parents both live in the same town. They move away, and then, and then you go back to visit. You, do you make sure you always see both parents when you get to town, or can you just see one side or the other? Um, you know, that's what happened when we lived in Seaford. Um, uh, Newark was about an hour and a half, hour 45, two hours away for us, which actually, when we were first married, was an absolute perfect distance. No, seriously, because we were close enough that both directions we could participate in all the family activities and all, and yet we were able to not have some of the issues that sometimes happen with extended family because uh, we can sometimes be too close. So for us, that, that was a very good distance. But it was still a challenge because we'd go up for Christmas and we'd want to see both families and all. One Christmas, we went in one day between my house and Carrie's house five times back and forth in one day. Oh, that was a good Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the other time, this, this was really tough. I, we were um, I was staying at my house, my parents' house, uh, but I guess we must have been spending a lot of time at Carrie's house because my parents were really quiet this one. And, and I kept trying to draw them out. My father was tough to draw, but finally we got it from them that they felt like we were using them as a hotel. Yeah. And you go, whoa. You know, that certainly wasn't our intent. We were trying to, but that's what, that's what, they, that's what they were feeling. 
boy, that, that made for a kind of a tough conversation in the, in the den that day. But it was good that we had it and kind of got it out in the open, but it was still challenging. Whew. Yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how about this one? Who's in charge? Who's in charge when there are extended family decisions that need to be made? Who's in charge? Is there like a matriarch or a patriarch that everybody just sort of says, okay, and listens? Or is it a a shared decision-making process? What is the process? We're not saying one is right and one is wrong, but what, what is the process? And when decisions are shared, do you respect one another in those decisions? Is it difficult to let your adult kids have a say when you still think of them as kids? Or is it difficult to let your parents run things when they seem out of touch (laughs) with what you do? Mm. And you know, like in a lot of things of this nature, there are no simple answers, are there? No simple answers. And and compromise is often the key, but... (laughs) Compromise can be a challenge as well. I, we have a friend, uh, Carrie has a nursing friend from college, and, and her husband's parents were buying a beach place in Avalon, New Jersey. I can't remember which was which, but one of them wanted it to be on the ocean, and the other one wanted it to be on the bay. So they compromised. On the highway. On the highway. No water. Neither of them got what they wanted, did they? See, compromise, if we're not careful, we can, everybody can lose. Or if we're careful and really work at the compromise, everybody can win. Yeah. Boundaries are really important in relationships, in all relationships, but specifically we're talking about family relationships. Boundaries are important. When our kids get married, we need to remember that after Jesus, their first loyalty is to their spouse. After Jesus, their first loyalty is to their spouse. I want to read to you out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father. For this reason, the relationship between men and women, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Say the rest with me. And they They will become become one flesh. Not only will he or she live their parents and join their mate, but they will set new boundaries in their household. And the spouse takes priority. That means possibly, not possibly, that means shifting the way we communicate from parent-child, child-parent, to adult-adult. It can happen. Through Christ, what? All things are possible. That's how we need to communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not always the parents. Sometimes, uh, like that girl come home who felt like she was 10, sometimes that's the doing of the kid, not the parent. They come in, all of a sudden they revert. I remember when I used to come home, my my sisters would instantly start treating me like when I was a goofy 15-year-old again rather than a goofy 35-year-old, you know? I was a little bit more mature and not quite, but it's so easy to go back and you regress as to who that person was. And it's really tough. Sometimes it's hard for us to talk to our parents from an adult stand, adult to adult, and sometimes it's tough for them to talk to us or as a parent, talk to, tough to talk to the child, adult to adult rather than the parent-child thing. And sometimes that's still necessary. Sometimes kids are looking at us, the parent But some of these conversations have to be adult to adult. Probably the most important thing we can do is 
I was going to say it's real simple. It's real simple to say. It's a little more challenging to live out. But again, as Carrie said, it's possible. And, and, and that's we need to just try very hard to love those around us just as they are. And this is a good, good little nugget, just not just for our families or extended family, but for all our relationships, isn't it? To love the people around us just as they are. And, and, and here's an added nugget from that, that book, Loving Your Relatives. Just because somebody doesn't love you the way you want them to, it doesn't mean they don't love you with all they have. Share that with me. Why don't you let's say it together? Just because, Just because someone, someone doesn't, doesn't love you the way you want them to, it doesn't mean they don't love you with all they have. You know, sometimes that person, that's all they've got. You better take it. There, there ain't no more coming. That's the best they can do, at least at that point in their lives. They're giving it all they've got. Enjoy that. You know, it's important to remember that other person um, isn't there to live up to our expectations especially when our expectations are unrealistic. In our extended family, you know, it might be good for you right now. We can always do better. If it's not that great, we can always improve on that. There's um, a quote in the book, one of the greatest rewards of a healthy extended family is the sure and certain knowledge that you have others in your tribe to divide the sorrows and multiply the celebrations of life together. That's why it's important to make an effort in your family. In the book of Mark, uh, Jesus tells us to, to love God with everything we've got and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's one of our core values here at Connection Church. Love God with everything you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, what, what should we, to what extent should we be working on loving those who are close, even closer to us, our, our families, our, our extended families? And so, if you want to have better extended family relationships and realistic expectations, we'd like to leave you with one suggestion. Let it begin with you. Let it begin with you. Make the first move. Make the first move to help those relationships be all that they can be, realistically. Don't put unrealistic expectations on what it can be, but have realistic expectations. Pray about it, but let it begin with you. There's a challenge that we'd like to leave with you today, actually for this week and in the weeks ahead. You know, we hope that you don't leave here and in 10 minutes, you know, okay, that was nice. We want to challenge you with something. In fact, um, there's two questions and you'll be given this card on your way out. Do you have unrealistic expectations for people in your extended family that you need to adjust? Question two, do you need to set some boundaries to remind others that your spouse comes first. Spend some time with that this week. You know, it's really um, worth working on relationships in extended family. And why is that? Because family matters.
family matters. As we close this service, we want to remind you that in all things, in all of our family issues, God hears and knows. God loves it when we talk to him. Come up to the steps and pray. Give thanksgiving for your family. Ask God how things can be better. Or you can go back to the prayer corner and somebody there will pray with you. Let's go to God in prayer right now. God, we thank you for family. You've designed us to be in a family, and families look all different ways, and sometimes it's not biological, but you've placed us in relationship. Help us be the ones to be a catalyst to make the relationship all that it can be. God, it's because of Jesus that we can do that. It's because you loved us first that we can love others. And so we offer ourselves to you and ask for help in in that. We pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message from Connection Community Church. If you would like more information about what you just heard, or if you seek a relationship with Jesus, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. You can also find out more about our ministries and upcoming events on our website at www.connectioncc.org. Thank you again for listening, and may this be the greatest week of your life.